Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75, two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and likely right now very upset at the Golden State Warriors. It is Tony Casillas, TC. What up? I'm doing good, RJ. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Um, I know you're a big Mavs guy, big MFFL. Um, so um, these are tough times, tough, tough times. I, there's a joke out there about San Francisco teams beating Dallas teams in the playoffs, but I don't want to be the one to make it. Well, it's been very disappointing, but when you're playing a team like Golden State, it just has so many ways to like attack you. And and you know, they've you know, they've got the series of three zero and it's uh you know, when you're not able to be able to match uh you know, match the offensive weaponry that they have, then you're gonna find yourself down three oh. So we we'll we will see. Tonight uh this is it. <laughs> you got to take what well, they say the must win, take one game at a time. But uh, they are definitely climbing Mount uh, Golden State right now. Very much so. Um, the shorter episode today, uh, going to kind of get in, get out and get on our way. Um, and so, Tony, today I mentioned, um, you know, San Francisco teams ending Dallas seasons, um, you know, obviously uh, the Mavericks maybe tonight or at some point in the future and the Cowboys a few months ago. The Cowboys start OTAs today. Are you excited? This this is the biggest thing happening with a Dallas sports team today, right? Is the Cowboys starting OTAs, of course. Well, if you look at the last couple of years and they weren't <laughs> able to do OTAs, and I remember it seems so far long ago than when they were doing, you know, they had the, uh, the, uh, the pandemic football. This is something that's really nice to see. And I think it's good for teams to get back together, get uh, get that camaraderie, cohesiveness back. Just be able to get the, everyone back together on the uh, on the safe waiting league, be able to train and get your off season together. And really just kind of, you know, after this, it's kind of a snowball effect. You go into June and then July, and then before you know it, they're starting preseason and open up against Tampa Bay. So it's good. It's always good to be able to to do that and, uh, and, and get some familiarity with everyone and really kind of see where everybody's at right now. Yeah, not quite the first day of school, but it has a little bit of that feel. Um, rookies and veterans already been working together a little bit, um, you know, to this point. And obviously there was a rookie minicamp. But um, who, who do you think? And that's, you know, very, like I said, di- different show and, and shorter show. But like, who do you think has to have an impressive performance here? Because we're starting to see like there was a, 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 a piece floating around about Zeke. And, you know, he, he had a video that his trainer dropped the other day of him training. Um, so the Zeke narrative is already taken off. Like, who do you think needs to, you can't like impress in OTS. Like it's not like you can do anything seismic or anything like that, but who do you think has to have a notable performance, a notable few days? I think it'll be interesting to see now that you, you have CD lamb as the number one wide receiver, see a dynamic work with Dak. 
you, you know, you throw in some of the younger players, the rookies are going to ultimately be a part of it. Uh, the, you know, the younger guys being able to blend in with the veterans. But I, I you know, Zeke is Zeke. I, I think that really uh, it's great to see OTAs. I think it's great. It's really, to me, I think it's more for the offensive aspect of it because you know, they're getting, a, you know, as I mentioned, continuity, execution in the passing game and really just kind of creating this buzz of being around each other again. Uh, I always thought that whenever you, you know, whenever you start the, the first part of the you know, mini camp for us, we were there for totally different than it is now that you're, you're together. Most people live in Dallas and guys really make their home here. So they're not really going to different parts of the country. Now, I think now they're, the way they train is different because everyone has a different type of trainer and it's alternative training and so forth. But, uh, you know, Zeke is going to be fine. And you really, to me, for a guy that's a veteran, uh, there's not much you can prove in OTAs. I think it's more the longevity for Zeke physically. And you can't, sometimes you can't reverse father time. I think I've, it's a running back and take that many punches, but, I think certainly for him, I think he's probably going to pay, play with a little chip on his shoulder because this is probably his last year until I think that they'll do something with him because he's making a lot of money. Uh, but ultimately, I think, RJ, for me, to answer your question, is that I always thought that this was a great opportunity for offense and, and just get back together with guys and and really just kind of beat it around each other. And, uh, again, just kind of you know the, the offensive aspect to – create the continuity and the execution of it as they go in. Cause I think it's implemented now with the OTAs and now with the physicality of training camp, they really don't do it a whole lot of that. So it's just, it's just more preparation that they can, uh, as you mentioned, it's kind of a head start mm-hmm. uh, of school to get, to get everything implemented. And, and again, just be around each other and, and just kind of get that, that kind of vibe back. Yeah. I think you elaborating more on it, if, if I had to pick, and it, this is, this is dumb. I mean, I realize that that's like, I set this up, but like if I had to pick somebody who has to have an impressive showing or some, somebody who I'd like to just kind of see a little bit more from, or, or just see, see the right kind of things from is, is probably CD lamb. Um, just because this is, this is their first, uh, I mean, it's organized team activities, but literally their first organized, you know, team activity um, for lack of a better term without Amari Cooper, right? Like this, this is the first official team thing where CD lamb is the alpha, right? And we've been waiting on that forever. And I think sometimes, um, you know, and, and obviously you, you know, grew in the NFL and, and made your way and experienced a lot of, uh, different veterans when you were younger and, and rookies, obviously as, as you, you know, passed throughout your career. But I think sometimes like this happens in life, like you come in and you're like the kid, right? Like pe- people look at you like, oh, he's he's the young hotshot. Like at a certain point, you know, the young hotshot has to become the alpha or the leader or the whatever. And OK, CD, cool. Like you were the young kid, right? Like, you you know, for for two years, we had a good run, but you're not the kid anymore. Like, you know, now now you got to be the man. Like now you got to be the dude. And that's that's been like what we've been talking about so much this whole offseason is how the Cowboys lacked that. A lot of people call it dog or leadership or whatever. And like. You know, the Cowboys have really lacked that persona at that position since the last dude who wore that number. And so, I mean, because Amari, for all his greatness, was not this this alpha, you know, in terms of personality. And so I, I would really like to see a little bit more flag carrying from CD in that sense. Well, I don't think our, Amari Cooper was uh, externally. Right. That we saw there was there was this leader and kind of as you as people refer to as a rah-rah guy. Uh, you know, personally, 
uh, as a teammate, I'd rather have a guy lead by example and mm. ball and make plays and, and really just, uh, you know, in the huddle and just, uh, it, it doesn't have to be over the top, but sure. I think uh, this year, I think CD, this is, you know, the baton has been handed off to him and this is you know, his time to embrace it and really just be the the guy, the guy that's going to, that is going to be the Mark Cooper that's not here anymore and, and fill that void. And along with the other, the other players are going to be fitting in in this offense. Uh, you know, Michael Gallup is uh, probably not going to be back. I, I haven't heard the status on him. Probably not going to be back until training camp with that mm-hmm. torn ACL or the knee that he got injured. But so I, I think it gives him a, it's, it's kind of refreshing to know that you're, you're, you're not in someone else's shadow, if that's a good way sure. to put it. Uh, you're not in Amari Cooper's shadow. You're the guy. And you know, to me, I always felt like that was brought me, brought me a, a sense of a security and mm-hmm. really that they're counting on me. And I think this is uh, it's going to be a huge opportunity for CD to bask in that, in that sun and bask in the, the, the limelight of being the guy that's going to be the, you know, ultimately the, the Amari Cooper and, and the reliability of, uh, of a franchise quarterback and Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, too, about you know, bringing up Michael Gallup is like, again, it's it's just OTAs. It's not the biggest deal. Even even if this was the start of training camp, it's not the biggest deal. But like the level of continuity out there mm-hmm. for Dak is, is you know, minimal compared to what it's been. There's no Amar. There's no Michael Gallup. I mean, it's just CD and welcome James Washington. Welcome Jalen Tolbert. You know, you got Simi Fajoko and Noah Brown and TJ Vash with these younger guys that you're know, trying to, you know, make their way. Um, cool. Dalton Schultz is back, whatever. But um there, there's a lot of new faces which is always you know i think uh, an interesting i mean i think that was a great way to put it a head start it's again not back to school but like maybe back to school shopping you know like when you would go back to school shopping you'd see other kids and you're like oh yeah i'll see you in a few weeks when school starts this is like this is kind of like that um and so i you know whatever i also i i fully expect micah parsons to just be the guy like i i mean kind of like Dak entering his second year you know, because because Tony Romo had been released and, and was officially out of the building, there was this like, you know, whatever. But th- there was this air of like, this is totally Dak's team. There's nothing standing in Dak's way. Everybody looks at Dak. And I think Micah's got that going on. Like you talked about leading by example, like Micah, Micah put together a resume that like nobody can challenge, you know what I mean? Throughout just his rookie season. And so I think he walks out of that building and I think it's it's a very different vibe. I think like I talked about the kid, I think. I think Demarcus Lawrence is still a leader, right? Like, I think he still have some of those presences, but I think Micah Parsons walks in and it's like, okay, that's the dude like that. That's the dude who we all fall behind. And so I fully expect and trust Micah to kind of, <clears throat> to kind of be in the right sort of mindset as this, you know, sort of initial process gets underway. I, I think it's a tremendous opportunity because I think that, as I mentioned, the off season workouts is totally different, but I think it's great when you're around your teammates and you're seeing the work that they've been putting in. I mean, some guys uh, may come back and they may not be part of the off-season programs or whatever the case may be. And the guys choose to do different things, but you sure in the hell don't want to see someone come back in out of shape. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, let's take this serious. Let's, let's, let's see where you're at. Let's measure you up. There's uh, a guy, is he, is he in better shape now? Is he, is he cut body fat? Is he stronger? Is he faster? And, and I think for the young guys, you mentioned Micah Parsons, I think that he fits that leadership role without a doubt because just the way he balls out on the field. And, and to me, that's enough for me as a player. But then you add some of these rookie guys, the younger guys that 
Because I always think that that's kind of intimidating at first. And granted, it's OTAs. We don't want to get too excited about that. But you still start to get into that lifestyle, the routine of being a professional athlete and, and really just kind of mix with the veterans and kind of understand you know, what life in the NFL is about. Although, as I mentioned, it's OTAs. But uh, I think the emphasis is, as you mentioned, is, is continuity. It's uh, execution. It's the, the mental reps that you have to have because I think it's so much mental preparation now, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't get the, the physical reps in training camp. It's not the way it used to be. And you, and you try these guys you know, to, to maintain and keep them healthy. So, um, and, and I think that I'm really interested in seeing uh, the kid from, from Ole Miss, uh, Sam Williams. So he, mm-hmm. To me, I think that he could be a guy that emerges as a rookie guy. I mean, I'm not trying to put too much pressure on the guy. And I'm sure that there's, that there's already added enough, but there's a certain sense of being able to understand and get a feel for playing in the national football league. And even if it's just in shorts and helmets. Right. I think that's really, really, really well said. Um, last sort of point, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I, and I, this was a good you know, point that you brought up how this is kind of like their first, you know, that there's always like the, so the pandemic here, the initial pandemic here was, you know, all these like crazy situations and whatnot. And then, you know, last year, things were a little bit more normalized. And every time you have something like that, it's like, well, this is our first one since. And so you, like, this is no longer the old's our first, like you have a little bit more normalcy in the rearview mirror. But that being said, for Mike McCarthy, I, this, this gets so lost. Uh, but two years ago, the Cowboys were supposed to have a head start on OTAs and training camp because they had a new coach in Mike McCarthy. And they actually also at the time were in the Pro Football Hall of Fame games. They were supposed to get to start training camp earlier. None of those things had to happen, obviously. And so this is the first and I'm not in any way making any excuses for the Cowboys, but first session of OTAs in a few years without any kind of offseason distraction. Right. There's, there's not. Um, any of the, the pandemic uh, difficulties or hurdles as far as, you know, only being able to operate on Zoom. There's not Dak Prescott's contract situation. There's not Dak Prescott coming back from injury. There's nothing. There's just your best players are in the building. Your coaching staff's in the building. Everyone's together. Everyone's here. I mean, it's all kumbaya. Like, if you can't get it together right now, I mean, this, you know, when can you? You know what I mean? It's, it's business as usual. I think right. it, it's been a long time since a lot of people are – since we've been able to say that, I say a lot of people, everyone that's in the media, which that's in the is a player in an organization, uh, a sense of normality, if you will. So, uh, I think it. I think it's a tremendous start. It, it to me, um, again, as I mentioned, you know, you emphasize so many aspects of it. You have, you know, there's a lot of expectations, I guess, going into the season, uh, as always, like every other team. And it's just a, it's just a sign of there's really no excuses. You have a clean slate. And that's one thing that's great about being a professional athlete. Everything's structured. This is what you got to do. Prepare yourself mentally and physically to get ready. And this is just a small aspect of it to be able to show up and, and really a different, a different vibe, a different culture guys, you know, the emphasis it, last year is in the past. Now we're going to, we're going to focus on, well, who we have here now right. and try something different when it comes to that, when it, and, and really just kind of change and understand what this, the goals are for this team, because I mean, this is where it starts now. I mean, it, it really, the off season is, is, is a big, big uh, uh, part of the preparation 
for players to get their, their mind and soul and their body right. I mean, this is a very important for them to make sure they take care of themselves in the offseason and do the things that's going to make them a better player physically and mentally. And I think that we'll see because I, that's how you're judged and that's how you're measured when you show back up for OTAs and as you get into the training camp. That's really well said. Um, well, uh, shorter episode. And so, Tony, I have one very last quick one for you. This is the most important question I've ever asked you. We're good. Um, we, can, we, can, we can extend it. Well, I'm no. This, I mean, no. We, we, got, we got in. We got out. We got the job done. But so this is my last inqu- uh, question. It's super duper important. Um, are you going to watch Top Gun Maverick? Oh, yeah. Really? Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've told you this. that uh, As someone I played in a golf tournament, and he owns – He's a theater owner, and he's already did the uh, the pre-screening, the one where they uh, they flew. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, what I, I believe it was in California when Tom Cruise flew the helicopter on top of the aircraft uh-huh. carrier. That was right. kind of the the way to kick it off. But RJ, the younger generation, you need to go back and I guess and watch Top the first Top Gun. And maybe you don't even have to watch the first Top Gun. But I, I think you have to. Is, I, yeah, well, kind of get the, the story and the, the, you know, the, the frame, you know, the reference, everything. But according to what I've heard, this is this blows Top Gun, uh, the first Top Gun away because it just the, you know, the it's more contemporary. It's more modern day uh, special effects. And he told me you have to watch it on the IMAX because just to get the, the but to your point. I'm going to go see it. And, and I heard it's going to, it's, it's going to, it's, it's amazing. I amazing. think the, the IMAX would be awesome for the sound, like the sound of the like engines That's, and stuff. Right, like, right, uh, right, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I will say, I thought when, when they like, when Ward first came out that they were doing it, I, I immediately felt like this is going to suck. Like, this is because, because mm-hmm. generally, like, anytime they do like one of these remakes or like, right. you know, they like pick up where they left off 30 years ago, it just, it sucks. It's not that good. Um, but I watched the trailer the other day because I'd seen all the like reviews it was getting. So I was like, you know, what? let me like really watch the trailer. And it kind of looks badass. Like, if I'm, if I'm being honest. And um, I, so th- have you ever watched the show Entourage? Did you ever watch that oh, show? Oh yeah. Okay. So like <laughs> this, this is a weird way to put this, but like if if a movie to me is it if a movie strikes me as the type of movie Vincent Chase would have been in, mm-hmm. then that's I want to see that movie. And that's mm-hmm. that's what Top Gun. The Top Gun seems like the kind of movie Vincent Chase would have been in in Entourage, and it would have been like the big summer blockbuster. So I really, really, I think I'm I'm gonna see it. I'm I'm into it now. I think he should be because <laughs> again, I, I it's 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 uh, one of those pop culture movies of, of the all time it's one of those movies that's generational and i to this point now this is going to take another step and and i and i heard the fight scenes uh when they're doing the dog fights and the aircraft is amazing so cool. I, I don't don't i hope it, hope they don't let me down because you got it from me and someone told me they've already seen it so i can't wait to see it and here's the thing a lot of people for some reason because Let's face it. Some of these actors are they're they're artists, right? <laughs> but I'm trying to think of a really mild way to put this, and not uh, you know, not really touch on any or step on any toes when it comes to. Well, I'm, it, it it doesn't matter. Some people don't like Tom Cruise because of what his beliefs are. But I, I, I've always loved it though. Since Risky Business, have you seen Risky Business? Oh, Tony. I mean, okay. come on. All right, I'm just asking. I mean, look, I have to ask you a little yuck. But to me, I think that's one of his greatest movies. Yeah. But Top Gun to me, it's it's uh, it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait to watch it. 
yeah, like if if we're just talking about the movies Tom Cruise has been in, like they're generally they're bangers. Like they're they're summer blockbusters. I've never been a Mission Impossible guy. Like I never really got in. I mean, plus because now we're on like Mission Impossible 14 or something. Um, so not my cup of tea, but Risky Business is up there. Uh, Jerry Maguire is up there, obviously. A few good men. Um, by the way, I always think like Jerry Maguire is one of those movies like you pull you pluck any movies, any movie from the 90s, and it's like the sports team, the underdog, who are they playing? Like the, the underdog team's always playing Dallas, right? Like, like whoever it is in the movie, like any movie from the 90s, it's like they had the, the big game that the underdog, you know, rough and tough little rascal sports team is playing. It's the Dallas Cowboys because y'all were awesome. Um, and so and they keep uh, good in junior, the best line of that movie. Show uh, me the money. You know, it's an underrated Tom Cruise movie. Have you ever seen Minority Report? That's a great movie. He's been in a lot of really good movies. Yeah. And I think that uh, uh, I was eyes wide open with his with his uh, ex-wife or. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, but that's a great movie, too. That's Um, pretty weird. I mean, that's a little different, but he's been in like this. This aurora of uh, just different types of movies and from the different, I guess, genre. And when yeah. it comes to me, yeah, so he's done quite a bit, but uh, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see that movie. I heard it's again, I heard it's supposed to be freaking amazing. Okay, Top Gun Maverick, right? And I, hope, I, hope, I hope we can win a game tonight. You mentioned I had a hard, yeah, you know, I had a hard time getting started this morning. I'm on my first cup of coffee, but when you talked about the Golden State uh, Warriors, I, I just you saw I'm obviously you saw the game but whenever Andrew Riggins dunked the poster eyes oh. that was that was nasty I know and that man. was just kind of like that was a dagger but I mean Steph Curry I mean I didn't realize the guy's 37 years old and he throws up these freaking rainbow shots from half court you're just you He's... gotta give you gotta give Steve Curse a lot of credit oh dude like I mean like we all reach a point with great teams where it's annoying, right? Like you're annoyed that like the same teams like winning over and over and over again. But when it lasts this long, like you just have to, I mean, it's tough for Dallas fans right now, obviously, but you have to sit back and be like, damn, like we are in the middle of like a pretty impressive, like it, it sounds like a crazy, these are, these, these are like your son, your kids bulls. That's who they are. Like that's, that's who this Warriors team is. Like they're, you know, they were amazing. They had a little drop off They're back. Like it's, it's frustrating. It's annoying, but like, that's who they are. Um, and so, well, let me mention this real quick. I, I watched uh, uh, it's David Letterman. He does uh, he does a special on, on Netflix. My last guest, I think that's the name of it. Uh, and he interviewed Ke- Kevin Durant, and that's pretty interesting. You got to check it out since we're kind of getting a little off track, and we, but it is off season. But I, I just watched it, and I, to to you reference basketball, Steve Kerr, and what he's is a is a coach and. Really, just kind of. I mean, when you have those players, well, it's it's kind of. They say, well, yeah, it's a lot easier. But I think the best thing KD says is a is a NFL, uh, excuse me, NBA head coach. Your job is to manage personalities. Yeah. When you think about the personalities, I with Draymond Green, and I mean that dude right there, uh, you, you got to give him bonuses to be able to manage that that character. No. I mean, I say I say it in a good way because he's a dog. I love the way he plays. And if oh, they have a for lot sure. Of more, like Draymond Greens, it just really it gets under his skin. He cares about it. You give me five of those all day long. I'm telling you, like I I completely respect the Warriors dynasty. The only Warrior who I've ever really disliked is Zaza Pachulia because Zaza was the one who stepped on Kawhi's ankle in the Western Conference Finals and and ruined everything the Spurs had gone for them. Um, so you know, after that was the beginning of the end when Kawhi got hurt, couldn't come back, and then 
and then it all got really bad. Uh, but I was going to make a joke, uh, and I, I know we have a lot of Mavericks fans, listeners, so I, I already made the joke about San Francisco ending another Dallas season. Yeah. Uh, but the other joke that I have to make, or else I won't be able to sleep tonight, is one Mavericks season will end um, in the Dallas Mavericks while another begins. So, like, the Dallas Mavericks end, and then Top Gun Maverick is born. Like, rising from the ashes is Top Gun Maverick from the Dallas Mavericks season. That, but, you you got to that... imagine, Tom Cruise is rooting for Luca tonight, right? He's like, come on, dude, like, you know, give us a win, like <laughs> extend it just a little bit until the movie comes out on Friday. Come on, please. So. Well, that's the problem is that they have Luca and then some of these other guys and you step up and he's going to have to drop 50 tonight. Probably Who do you to, think is to... this is a weird question. Who do you think is more uh, has to carry their team more Luca or Dak? Luca, I think I agree with you. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it, it's different in basketball because you still got to have guys around you and you got to, you got to facilitate, but look, a guy, if, if they're going to double down on and take one guy away, there's got to be two other guys. that has got to step up and make plays. And to a certain point, you can say that the, in the NFL, well, they're going to sit down your passing game where we got to run the football or we got to scheme it where we can loosen up the opponent mm-hmm. for, for, for Dallas. If Luke is not on, it's over. Well, I mean, it just seems to me that it's it just becomes too one-dimensional, and I think a lot of guys sit around and start play what they say, watching watching basketball because it seems mm-hmm. like they're watching or watching Luca. And if Luca's not scoring, so tonight's going to be different. What do you think? You, would you how you feeling? You think they close this out tonight? I think that. Sweet. I think generally speaking, when you have like you know, generational players on a team, like the way Luca is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in moments like this, they, 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 they have, they have a special night cause they, he won't get swept. Like Luca will do everything he can to prevent. Mm-hmm. And so like tonight will be like a Dallas win by like 23 points because that's how the playoffs are. They're like all these big time blowouts. And so this will be like a Dallas win that just keeps, you know, keeps the heartbeat alive for just a little bit. And then game five is, is, is when it's over. You know what I mean? I like Luke, Luca is not going to get swept. It just, I, you know that, that he's not. I'm. I. I know people get upset, but like he's not LeBron. But like he's he's that type of I think player that he's he's not gonna allow for that. And so he will have this Super Saiyan moment uh, where the Mavericks get get a win and you know live to fight another day, and then it's all over. And then Top Gun well, comes out. Well said. Well said. Um, all right, uh, Tony. Uh, you, you said it all. We did it all. Uh, shorter episode. We got in. We got out. OTAs underway. Check out blogontheboys.com for all our coverage around them. Tony, thanks for stopping by. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. This was the 750.